Il est midi. Tu dors encore. Réveille-toi. N'écoute pas Babylone. Il t'est fourni des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oyamba, toi cheveux crepus. Batwa Mayele Bosimbani Babige. Oya Bilanga Bosimbani Bakongo. Simbani Maboko Mouna le Kateo Afrika. Malobate. Monsalande. Africa, Mobali Mingao, Africa, Hatona Mosolo, Africa. Tu gâtes ton nom par-ci par-là. Quand c'était les blancs, Negro a souffert, mais c'était mal de connaître. Negro a combattu pour arriver en black en black, devenu le stade de la guerre. Welcome, welcome to Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people in America. I'm your host, Patricia Lokwa, with my co-host, Kambale Musavuli, who's joining us via phone today. How are you, Kambale? Man, it's been a long time since I've heard that intro song of Africa. You know, I love the part where Shikomawatu says, Atonda Mosolo, Africa. You and know, what exactly uh, does that mean, Atonda Mosolo? I mean, Atonda Mosolo means that... It, um, he or she has a lot of money. I mean, meaning in the context of the song that Africa is blessed with so many resources. Well, I love that song. Speaking of some of the uh, resources that Africa is blessed with, on today's show, in specific, we're celebrating a life of a specific person in Africa who was a hero to us uh, Africans, Congolese, and around the world. And it's the life and work of Patrice Lumumba, the first democratically elected prime minister of the Congo, and he was assassinated on January 17, 1961, due mainly to what he represented at that time. He was equivalent to Dr. Martin Luther King, per se, Yes, I mean, uh, if you think about even uh, here in the United States, yesterday was uh, Dr. King's birthday. Uh, Dr. King has uh, done a lot of work for human rights. You know, he was framed as civil rights, but it's really human and uh, human dignity, human rights. At the same time, across the uh, the Atlantic, we had a young man by the name of uh, Patrice Lumumba, who did the same, you know, mm-hmm. as a young organizer going to communities, uh, ha- using his base, Kisangani, to educate Congolese about their rights, moving to Kinshasa and doing the same there as well. So he has inspired so many people around the world to say that we can have a say in the decision-making process in our homes, in our countries. And that's who I look up to even up until today. Well, we know you admire Lumumba, but before we get into our topic of the day, our listeners may want to know what's happening in the Congo since November 25th. I'm sorry, November 2015 and 2016. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, we went off air uh, for a long break on November 14th of last year. But so many things have happened. But the latest um, news on the Congo at the moment is that the Kabila regime continues its push for a national dialogue as it, it, this is becoming uh, apparent that this is the last hope of this regime to legitimize its power beyond 
the constitutional mandates uh, calling for the current president, Kabila, to leave power December of 2016 this year. Uh, Congolese uh, journalist and writer uh, Sarah Kazadi has just released a fantastic film called Telema on the Telema movement this week. Um, it can be seen on an article on The Guardian. Uh, where the video is embedded. In the analysis also of that article she wrote, uh, she documented the attacks against Congolese youth by the Kabila regime. The film focused primarily on the imprisoned activist Fred Bauma of La Lucha, and also covers Yves Makwambala, who is a young Congolese webmaster, a technologist. And lastly, unfortunately, uh, uh, in the film also we have... um, Jean-Marie Kalonji, uh, who has been unfortunately arrested on December 15th of uh, last year, 2015. So it was great to see um, that a journalist took time to shape the narrative of what the Congolese people are doing themselves to change the country. A newly formed coalition of civil society, clergy, and opposition parties called Citizens Front 2016, in French, Front Citoyen, the says presented a series of actions for the next month, starting on the anniversary of the Telema uprising on January 19th. This coalition is there to put pressure on Kabila uh, to respect the Constitution and organize timely elections. The Catholic Church in Congo announced that it will no longer participate in the February 16th demonstration commemorating the day of the Christian March. in the early 1990s, on February 16, 1992, there was a protest uh, by the religious leaders and Christians in Congo, which uh, was uh, kind of stopped by the Zarian regime at the time. And uh, many people were killed, and this has been every year. Uh, Christians in the Congo have been commemorating that event, but uh, the Catholic Church has said they, they will not take part of that. The head of Congo's main opposition party, Etienne Sekedi, issued a statement saying that his party will participate in the dialogue organized by Kabila as long as there is an international moderator and that the constitution be respected. Uh, the African Union issued a statement in support of the national dialogue being organized by the president of the Congo uh, to resolve the political impasse over Joseph Kabila's tenure. And this is... Uh, the current updates on the Congo.
Congolese reggae artist Mulele Matundu Africa with Congolese children from low-income areas. In the song Ingeta, Mulele and the Congolese children are pleading for Congolese leaders that are not asking for a lot, but for electricity, housing, education, medication, and clean water so that they could become humans as uh, you and I may be living today. Ingeta is a Kikongo word for the agreement, means amen, it is written. It has been widely used in the Congolese freedom fighters such as Simo Kimbangu in the 19, early 1900s and contemporary times by Congolese youth fighting for change. Patrice Lumumba was the first elected prime minister of the Congo. He ascended to power in Congo on June 30th, 1960, the date of Congo's independence from Belgium. Within 10 weeks of being elected, Lumumba's government was deposed in a coup. 
He was subsequently imprisoned and assassinated, unfortunately, on January 17, 1961, by Western power in cahoots with local leaders Moïse Chombe and Joseph Desiré Mobutu. We might never know what Lumumba would have accomplished if he lived to him implement his vision of a free and liberated Congo. What we do know is that his vision and ideas have inspired many around the world to remain steadfast in the work to control their own affairs. This show will explore the legacy of Lumumba and how Congolese youth today can understand this young man who was killed for his ideas at age 35. And our guest today is Dr. Georges Nzongola Talaja, a professor of African, African American, and Diaspora Studies at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, a professor emeritus of African Studies at Howard University. He is a past president of African Student Association and the author of The Congo from Leopold to Kabila, The People's History, and as of last year, Patrice Lumumba. Dr. Nzongola, thank you for joining us today and welcome to Congo Live. Thank you very much. Just one little correction. African Studies Association, not African Students. Oh, okay, thank you. Of all the scholars studying Africa in the U.S. Well, thank you for that, and that's why you're the scholar and we're learning from you. And welcome to Congo Live. Thank you. And uh, we're definitely happy to have you on the show today. Um, I've been following some of your work and listening into, uh, I, I followed some of your uh, interviews that you've done. Recently, you've written a book on Lumumba. Why specifically have you chosen Lumumba? Well, actually, I was asked by uh, Ohio University Press to contribute uh, that uh, manuscript on Lumumba as part of a series of books written for undergraduates and great African leaders. And certainly there is uh, no greater leader than Patricia Lumumba among the African leaders of the 20th century. Uh, he was a wonderful person, a self-taught person, uh, who was able to overcome all kinds of discrimination within the Belgian colonial system and to read the philosophy, politics, and history, and to be a great intellectual. And he would have been a wonderful leader had he not been assassinated uh, through a, a plot concocted by the United States and Belgium. In your latest book, Patrice Lumumba, it's a contemporary analysis of Lumumba's legacy. Uh, what are some things that you may have found about Lumumba that you may have not known before and for some of our listeners who may have not learned before? Well, really, I didn't find anything new because I've been studying Lumumba for all my, my adult life since uh, I know about him as a teenager in the Belgian Congo and uh, during my academic career as an undergraduate in the 60s, a graduate student in the early 70s, and professor since uh, the mid-70s, I've been uh, reading about him. Mm -hmm. uh, what is most interesting for people to know is a person with a total dedication to the emancipation of his people, mm -hmm. uh, a person who was a champion of national unity, uh, fought against uh, tribalism uh, or uh, ethnic divisions, uh, a person who was uh, for tolerance of all kinds of views, all kinds of religion, all kinds of uh, identities, uh, and a person who was uh, really uh, destined to be a great leader. As I'm listening to you um, mention the different characteristics of who Lumumba was, um, I know that um, the 1950s, you were around and you saw what was going on. 
During that period when you're living in the moment, Lumumba was 50 years ahead of his time. Uh, how were the leaders around him perceiving his ideologies and did he become, was he somebody that was perceived radical or how did were your views of uh, Lumumba during the time? We have to remember that this time is a time when many of our leaders uh, were people that you might characterize in this country as Uncle Tom, uh, people who were uh, really eager to get to be accepted uh, by the Europeans, by the powers that be, and who saw Lumumba as uh, too much of a radical, uh, a person who was up to uh, uh, more or less uh, disturb the situation, so to speak. And so they didn't like him, especially when he distinguished himself in 1955 on a visit to Kisangani, then Stanleyville, by the king of the Belgians, mm-hmm. King Baudouin uh, I. Uh, the king spent about uh, five to ten minutes uh, talking to Lumumba uh, separately. And all of these people, both Europeans and the Congolese, were so jealous, uh, couldn't understand how this one little guy could, uh, could retain the attention of a Belgian king. So there was a lot of jealousy against him uh, by people whose vision was very limited. Uh, people were simply looking for integration and not necessary for the uh, for the liberation of the Congolese people from colonialism. And what was the significance of his vision to the DRC today? Well, basically, he's a symbol of national unity, a uh, symbol of uh, uh, our quest for sovereignty, that we are truly an independent country, that its own uh, uh, destiny and that can control its own resources and use them for the betterment of the living situation of our people. So this is basically uh, the legacy of Lumumba, that uh, is a legacy of peace, of unity, and of solidarity, not only in, in the Congo, but solidarity across the African continent. And when you look at the youth that we have today growing up in the Congo and learning about Lumumba, what are some key lessons that you can say that we, our generation, can take from what Lumumba was and what he tried to accomplish? Well, basically what I've just said, you know, uh, in 1961, Congolese students at Lovani University in Kinshasa formed an organization called the uh, General Union of Congolese Students, Union Générale des Étudiants Congolais. This organization was created with the single objective of uniting the Congolese youth behind the legacy of participation to fight against secession and regionalism and tribalism, to fight for national unity uh, and to fight for the sovereignty of the Congo so that the Congolese could uh, uh, improve the situation of their own people and contribute to the development of Africa. So the ideas of Lumumba of national unity of uh, African unity and solidarity of African peoples are these are the ideals which are important for our youth today. Well, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about what you say, but if uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, after the break, we'll pick up from where we are. Sure.
démocratie, man, n'est pas au parlement. Non, ça ment, ça me parle vrai que de l'heure, c'est mon humor. Voilà, notion de méfiance, quand les mobs ont mentionné les fiances. Évidemment, ministre, mon contact, c'est la volonté de gouvernement. by Congolese hip-hop artist Lexus Legal. This song is from his latest album, Leopard, a revolutionary album calling for an awakening of Congolese consciousness. In this song, Lexus explains how the population of Congo is not blind to the missteps of the Congolese politicians. And welcome back to the show, Dr. Ntongola, or Professor. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, and welcome back to Congo Live. We were having a... Uh, 
a moment where we were listening to the youth of the Congo talking about how they are awakened to what is happening uh, in the Congo. When we think of the youth in the Congo, what key role do they have to play in the matters of the Congo, would you say today, in pertaining to how Lumumba viewed the Congo? Well, their role is to make sure that our country moves forward with uh, the aspiration of people. When our people fought for independence, they wanted to be free from arbitrary rule by the white man. They wanted also to have a better standard of living, uh, to live in decent houses, to work for decent wages, to have access to decent food, to send their children to decent schools, to have access to decent healthcare centers, and to be able to enjoy life and enjoy it more abundantly. Unfortunately, after close to 56 years of independence, we have not achieved both aspirations, uh, because the wealth of our country, rather than serving the purpose of improving the livelihoods of our people, is being plundered by our rulers and their associates, both in Africa and across the world. We need to stop that. We need to reclaim our country, reclaim our wealth, and use this wealth for the good of our people. As a Congolese, uh, Dr. Zongola, uh, do you believe that uh, we will ever find the truth? Hello, Kambali. I think he's having a hard time uh, hearing you. If you can speak a little bit louder. Hello, Kambali. Kambali. <laughs> we lost him. Yeah, I think we may have uh, lost him. But we can go ahead and continue on uh with the show. I know uh, one of the things, um, just based on my experience, I know two years ago prior to me getting involved and really understanding the geopolitics of what's going on in the Congo, you know, we tend to, as a Congolese in the diaspora, see what is happening in the country and we're watching what's going on in the country and sometimes we tend to feel helpless. Uh, I know I surely did uh, two years ago and further into uh, studying and reading more about the different things that are happening around the Congo and, and reading scholars such as yourself and seeing the work that you're doing, it's greatly been an inspiration uh, to me. But what are ways where we can really get the Congolese population outside of the Congo and in the diaspora to start paying more attention? Uh, one thing that we Congolese know is, you know, anytime there's a, a party or something going on, we attend to those things. But when there's matters that are happening, when decisions are being made about the Congo, we tend to neglect to participate in those things because, you know, when we look at what happened with Lumumba, it becomes a scary factor. What are ways that we can get encouraged and in matters of what's going on in the Congo in the decision-making process when we're looking from the diaspora? Yeah, I have nothing against people having parties and enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think that it is even more important that as Congolese, we need to work together uh, as uh, diaspora groups here in America or elsewhere around the world to support the struggle of our people back home for uh, true independence, meaning true sovereignty, and for uh, improvement in the standard of living. Uh, this is why groups such as Friends of the Congo, with which Campbell is working, are extremely important. Uh, a very good job in educating the people, both Congolese and American, about the real situation in the Congo. 
Uh, I am one of the uh, scholars that contributed to putting together a group called uh, Center for Research on Zaire in mm -hmm. 1979, now Center for Research on the Congo. Uh, we've organized the conferences across the United States uh, to work in collaboration with churches, with universities, and with uh, other people uh, to try to spread uh, more information about the Congo and mobilize our own people to be the situation back home and see in what way we can help the situation uh, morally, financially, materially, and so on. Uh, definitely. And for those who may want to find out more about this organization, is there a website or work? How can they reach um, you or to find out more about how to get involved? Uh, the Center for Research on the Congo is now led by Professor uh, Eyamba George Bokamba at the University of uh, Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Mm -hmm. uh, to reach him, just write to George, that is G-E-O-R-G-E-S, George plus S, as it's spelled in French, George Bokamba, B-O-K-A-M-B-A, in one word, uh, at yahoo.com. So send him a, an email, and he'll be able to let you know how you can uh, uh, belong to the association, what uh, the association is planning for the, the coming year, for 2016. Uh, for friends of the Congo, I'm sure Kambale uh, knows how to tell people what, how to get in touch with that organization. Um, I wanted to get a little bit back into your book on uh, Lumumba. When watching the movie Lumumba, it shows uh, Lumumba was captured when trying to save his wife from soldiers as he was crossing the river to escape. From our sources with Lumumba's family, the story is that he was captured after he had crossed the river and was brought back from the other side of the river to his wife. Do you have that same information about this capture? Yeah, there is some controversy, but I think that most people take the, the first version, the fact that uh, he had gone up to the uh, other side of the Sankuru River and then went back uh, on the boat when he saw that his wife and, and um, a child was being captured by the, the soldiers, so he had to go back and uh, to try to, to rescue her, and of course he was arrested. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Pierre Mulele, one of the uh, politicians who accompanied him was extremely critical of that um, gesture because he said that Lumumba should have put the country ahead of his family. But again, as you know, we're human beings and uh, one cannot really tolerate the idea of seeing a baby being taken away and being taken hostage. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this is uh, uh, a matter which I don't think is so critical to understanding who Lumumba was, and, and because uh, it is possible that even if he had not been captured on the, uh, when he went back, uh, the Congolese state was well equipped uh, with, by the CIA, by the Belgians, uh, with helicopters, with uh, all other planes, small planes. There was, as a matter of fact, a Belgian owner of, a, uh, of an airline that was... Uh, servicing small landing, landing um, places around the country, small airports around the country, had also joined the, 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 um, uh, the, the struggle, I mean, the uh, effort to capture Lumumba. Mm -hmm. they, were they, were, they were following him all over the Congo. 
Uh, and so sooner or later, they would have found out, especially when they had already localized him at the Sankuru River crossing, they could have followed him and captured him. So I don't think that that matter is really that important. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And then as a Congolese, do you believe that the USA adequately, if at all, acknowledged its role in the overthrow and subsequent assassination of Lumumba? No, the U.S. has not. They have not acknowledged. They, as a matter of fact, they even deny it. You know, the, the U.S. Senate organized in 1975 hearings on attempted assassinations of foreign leaders uh, by a select committee chaired by the late Senator Frank Church of Idaho. After having described all of the things that the CIA had done in bribing Congolese politicians, in training Mobutu's uh, uh, thugs, and in doing everything possible to, to get Lumumba dismissed from government by Kasavubu and trying to get him imprisoned and all of that, then they concluded since the CIA did not pull the trigger, mm. they are not responsible. Now that is intellectually dishonest. Mm-hmm. Totally dishonest intellectually, you know. At least the Belgians have owned up to the fact that they accept moral responsibility in Lumumba's death because from the king down to the prime minister, the minister of foreign affairs, the minister of African affairs, the minister of defense, they knew that sending Lumumba to Lubumbashi, uh, to the Katanga government, meant uh, you know, the, the, um, giving him a death sentence. They know he was going to be killed. And so Belgium owns up to its responsibility in the fact that if nothing else, uh, at least the fact that they knew that he did, he, but by sending him to Lubumbashi, you're sending him to his death. But the Americans have been completely dishonest by not owning up, by not acknowledging that they were involved in his death. Do you feel that part of that lack of acknowledgement is derives from the same fears that they had of Lumumba during the 1960s? No, it is a part of the arrogance, part of the racism and the arrogance, the institutionalized racism mm-hmm. and the arrogance of uh, Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. And what what would you say? I mean, um, you know, I've read about Lumumba, and for some of our listeners who may not know much about Patrice Lumumba, what would you say that they feared the most when it came to Lumumba? When we're looking at his ideologies and his vision of Congo and Africa as a whole, what was their biggest fear to the point where, when you murder somebody, you don't just shoot them? You know, you decide to shoot them, to chop them up, to put them in acid. I mean, there's those are very different degrees of wanting to really get rid of somebody. Why go to that extent? Well, in my book, Lumumba, I put that whole thing in its mm-hmm. proper historical context. I talk about the counter-revolution in Central and Southern Africa. What was the counter-revolution? Mm-hmm. The European and American world, the Western world, uh, built around NATO and the United States and Western Europe, they had no problem in seeing countries in North Africa, West Africa, and East Africa, except for Kenya, which had a large settler population, get their independence, so long as they could continue neo-colonial relationships with those countries, they were eager to give them independence, because they had nothing to lose, because the economies of those countries were basically in the hands of the Europeans, they could continue drawing profits from uh, those economies without any problem. 
But when it came to Central and Southern Africa, in Central Africa here I'm talking primarily of the Congo, mm -hmm. which includes the Katanga province, which was very rich in mineral resources, and also had a very substantial number of European settlers. And Southern Africa, which had a large European settler population in South Africa, in Zimbabwe, and in Namibia, and to some extent in Zambia, uh, Angola, Mozambique, and Malawi. They saw that as a threat to their interest because the white settlers in Southern Africa and both in Katanga, Central Africa, were really the bulwark of Western interests in this region, which were extremely rich in mineral resources mm -hmm. and which were being developed as a part of the Western economy. So they did not want to see the, the economies of these countries fall into African hands, and especially when Lumumba was talking about using the wealth of the Congo mm -hmm. to improve the lives of African people, this was a major threat. So major threat was economic. But then, of course, they found a very good rationalization for that was, of course, the Cold War between mm -hmm. the United States and Western Europe against the Soviet Union and the Eastern Camp. So they, saw Lumumba, so they tried to frame Lumumba as a communist sympathizer. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the um, uh, CIA and its chief, uh, Alan Dulles, saying that Lumumba was like Fidel Castro, or even worse. Mm. So they tried to, to frame him as a communist who was going to jeopardize Western interests in Central and Southern Africa. That is the main reason why Lumumba was frightening to these people. So if I uh, also understand you correctly, we may have gotten our independence, but we, ne we didn't necessarily get our economic dependence. Independence. Independence, yes. Independence, yes. And that's what he was fighting for. Exactly. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the importance of uh, what the Congo in general can do, not only for the Congo, but the whole of uh, Africa. Um, I've had debates with individuals who don't always necessarily see the presence of the USA in the Congo today when we're looking 50 years later. Is there still a presence of proxy forces within the Congo today as they were back then? Well, you have to understand that um, U.S. economic interests in the Congo don't have to be direct economic interests. Mm. The United States' major economic partner in the world today is Western Europe. Economies of Western Europe are very, very much dependent on African resources. Mm. Uh, if Western Europe was to lose out in Africa, that would have an impact on the U.S. Look, look today, we, we're talking about the stock market uh, because of um, uh, falling, uh, uh, you know, trading in, in China, this affecting the, the rest of the economy. The world comes to, uh, international economies are intertwined. So what mm -hmm. happens in China have an effect on, on Wall Street and on uh, uh, stock markets throughout Europe. And so what would happen in the Congo after independence in the 60s, uh, if it affected Europe in a negative manner, it would have an, a negative impact on the United States. Absolutely. Uh, and don't forget that the United States also relied for some strategic minerals in Africa, especially uh, for example, uh, platinum in South Africa, which is a very, very important metal. Uh, copper and cobalt in the Congo, uh, very, very important. Uh, cobalt in terms of uh, 
aeronautic industries and uh, uh, co uh, cobalt used in, in uh, uh, military industries. Uh, for example, when the U.S. went to war in Vietnam, they bought a lot of our copper. Copper from the Congo and Zambia was extremely important to U.S. military industries. Uh, and uranium, our uranium from the Congo is the, the raw materials used by the Americans to make the first atomic bombs, the bombs mm -hmm. dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Uh, and so you have to look into that. So these are the strategic interests. So you don't have to talk simply about how many American companies are there or how much, how much money comes out of the Congo. No, you have to look at the strategic issues Absolutely. in terms of strategic minerals and the interests of America's allies, which are very important to America's economy. They've seemed to have showed like to what degree they're willing to go to maintain that um, interest within the Congo. How do we break free from that stronghold as Congolese, as a, as a nation in Congo? Or how do we find ways where not only can we find ways to work with them, where I know they will most likely never really leave all the way around, but what are ways where we can work together where the Congolese are not in the position where they are today, where you have six million lives that have been lost and there's, you know, poverty everywhere you go. There's orphanages and it's almost at an 80 uh, percent illiteracy rate. What needs to happen in order for Congo to gain some sort of independence in the way that we believe that we deserve? Yeah, we, we have no interest in uh, working against the United States or Europe or Japan or China. Uh, we should be able to trade with any country in the world that mm -hmm. uh, wants to, to purchase our resources at fair prices uh, and would also give us access to their markets uh, in a fair and um, equal manner. Uh, the main issue that is detrimental to our countries is the weakness of our government. Mm -hmm. we, ha we have an irresponsible, illegitimate uh, government, but uh, is more con whose uh, members are more concerned of enriching themselves than with uh, developing the country. Our leaders are not patriotic. We don't have patriotism. We have people who are much more interested in in their own families and clans and cronies than they are interested in the welfare of the people. So as long as we don't have uh, patriotic, responsible, legitimate leaders. Nothing is going to happen. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, you know, in uh, 1978, the World Bank and IMF decided, in the, all the Western powers, that uh, Zaire, Mobutu Zaire, now the Congo, wasn't working. Uh, and therefore, they sent a German banker to manage our central bank, uh, the Bank of Zaire, now the central bank of the Congo. Mm -hmm. They sent the French team to manage our finance ministry and the Belgian team to, fin to manage our uh, customs uh, office. I was invited to the State Department uh, of a group of scholars to give a briefing to uh, Mr. Oakley, who was appointed U.S. Ambassador to the Congo. Mm -hmm. I told them how outraged I was by these decisions, which seemed to imply that we Congolese did not have individuals who were capable of mm -hmm. managing a central bank, managing a ministry of finance, and managing a customs office. I said, as a matter of fact, let me predict that these people are going to fail because the problem is not a technical issue, it is a political issue. 
And lo and behold, 1979, only one year later, Mr. Erwin Blumenthal, the German Bundestag banker, the sent to manage the central bank, resigned. And he wrote, he wrote a report, which is available, you know, the Blumenthal report. Mm -hmm. He said that as long as Mobutu remains president of Zaire, nothing is going to work. So that's the issue. So the issue mm -hmm. was political. It was a political environment but that's making it impossible for the central bank to function, for the Minister of Finance to function, and for the Customs Office to function. Because they were being plundered by Mobutu and his cronies for their own interests, rather than being used as institutions that manage the economy for the goodness of the Congolese people. If we can take a short break, and for our listeners who are listening in who may have questions for Professor Nzongola, please don't forget to call at 410-481-1010. Again, that number is 410-481-1010, and we'll be right back. Ils s'accomplissent, 
poste, remplir les postes des rébellions et des complices. De tous ces trucs, on est au courant. Même si de fois on joue le mourant, on détient la force. Et we gonna use et la révolution, c'est maintenant. C'est maintenant. 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 Révolution, c'est maintenant. Welcome back to Congo Live. We have Professor Nzongola who's on the phone with us today giving us a great uh, information when it pertaining to the Congo today, Patrice Lumumba, and he, he's talking to us a little bit about um, his book that's recently came out. If you can share a little bit of information with our listeners who may want to purchase this book, uh, where can they find this book and um, you know any information that may be pertaining to it? The book is available on uh, Amazon called mm-hmm. Patrice Lumumba, uh, published in November 2014 by Ohio University Press. Uh, it's a small paperback, it's like 150 pages, very small, cost like uh, $10, $13. Uh, so, Patrice Lumumba, Ohio University Press, 2014. It's available on Amazon. Prior to um, getting on the show, there's a, actually a show that comes on prior uh, to this. And the the person who does the show, the host of the show, as he was walking out, he specifically asked me about uh, Congo Live. And I took a moment to explain to him a little bit about the show. But in that process, I had mentioned uh, Patrice Lumumba. And um, he seemed to have never have heard of Patrice Lumumba. And for our listeners who are in Baltimore who may be listening in and the Americans across um the USA who may not know of Lumumba, what's something that you can share with them? Why do they need to know about Lumumba in pertaining to their lives here in the USA? Why should they know? Or why should they care? Well, they should care because Patrice Lumumba is one of the leaders who epitomized the whole struggle of freedom of African and black people worldwide. As a matter of fact, when Lumumba was assassinated, one of the great African-American actresses, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt led a delegation of people, a demonstration at the United Nations uh, headquarters in New York and entered the building and went and disrupted the meeting of the General Assembly of mm. the United Nations. Uh, that is how important people in Harlem and in uh, black communities around this country were feeling about the assassination by this Lumumba. Uh, uh, just like when uh, Fidel Castro uh, came to the General Assembly of the United Nations, he stayed in a hotel in Harlem, again, to show his solidarity. So Lumumba was a, 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 was a symbol of the solidarity between struggling people, uh, both uh, African people, black people, and third world people, which includes Asian and Latin America. As a matter of fact, there were demonstrations all over the world, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America, when Lumumba died. So that's what kind of man was. He's a, he's a person uh, who, is a similar, who, who, who has a similar kind of attraction for the uh, struggling people of the world, like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, whose uh, birthday we are celebrating this weekend, uh, Malcolm X, uh, W.B. Du Bois, and many other uh, leaders of uh, 
African American and African people fighting for liberation, for freedom from uh, repression and oppression. Do you feel that Lumumba's ideas of pan-Africanism and self-determination are still relevant today in today's Congo and in Africa around the world? Absolutely. There's nothing has happened to diminish their importance. Uh, it is through solidarity that we will be able to overcome uh, institutional, uh, institutionalized racism. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be able to overcome the um, uh, inequality in the world, the, the kind of unfair trade practices uh, that the World Trade Organization is pushing around, uh, the anti-social policies of the IMF and the World Bank, uh, all of these require the solidarity of, of people around Africa, Asia, and Latin America uh, to have our own place in the world, to be able to be respected, uh, to be taken as genuine uh, world citizens who have every right to expect uh, equality and uh, uh, fairness in our relationship with other people around the world. And uh, to close the show, uh, as we have five more minutes, um, actually a little bit less, what is your analysis of the current situation in the Congo? And the last question would be from Kambale, because he had a hard time coming in the show today due to some, some technical difficulties. What is your message for the Congolese today as it pertains to the 2016 election? Well, first of all, we've got to get them organized. Nothing is happening. You know, the Kabila regime is uh, not giving the Electoral Commission uh, the kind of uh, uh, resources they need to do the job. Uh, he's not making their job easy uh, because uh, the government is uh, attempting to do everything possible to prevent this election from coming, uh, taking place so that Mr. Kabila can cling on to power. So most importantly, we have to follow the example of our sisters and brothers in Burkina Faso uh, who were able to kick out uh, Mr. Blaise Compaore, who had been in power for over 27 years and who still wanted to, to stay on some more years in power. Uh, Kabila seems to have the same dream. We've got to have him go. Uh, I think the situation in Congo is terrible uh, because we have this regime I described as being illegitimate. It was not elected. Uh, he stole the election of uh, 2011. Uh, every indication is that he did not win it. Uh, Cardinal Mosengo, the number one Roman Catholic leader in the Congo, said that the results announced by the Electoral Commission uh, were not uh, fair and were, were not uh, consistent with justice and, and reality. Uh, so that um, uh, we are dealing with an illegitimate government that wants to hang on to power, but that is doing nothing but plundering the country uh, to, for the interests of uh, members of the government and their uh, allies, both in the Congo and around the world. And thank you so much, Dr. Professor Nzongola, for all the knowledge that you have brought onto Congo Live. It's very much appreciated, and I know that all our listeners are appreciating you just taking the time to come on the show and talk a little bit more about um, your book and the work that you've been doing. Uh, we applaud you, and we encourage you to continue the work because uh, we need more people like you. I encourage our listeners who want to find out more about Patrice Lumumba and who want to learn more about the Congo in general, uh, go purchase Dr. Zongola's book, Patrice Lumumba, on Amazon. And make sure you can follow him on YouTube. Uh, he has a lot of um, 
videos that I had an opportunity to actually watch and listen in, and it was really uh, informing regarding what is happening on the ground. And one thing that I can say for sure is what you've been saying today is what you've been saying before, and nothing has really changed, and you've been consistent in the work that you're doing, and we greatly appreciate you. Thank you very much. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And you have a great day. And uh, bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. And we want to thank our listeners for joining us today on Congo Live uh, 2016. We want to thank Lubangi Munyanya for the production of the show and Shay for doing such a great job with engineering. And we look forward to having you guys back on the show with us and listening in on Congo Live. <laughs> Mopembo <laughs> Nania sungayo pasina pasie nakei kasilobi nakosonga atandeleo mopembo tezalindeli watewateo nakei kasilobi nakosonga bako yambanga mopembo tezalindeli watebosonga mboka nakei kasilobi nakosonga ayebaya ma Ah, 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 ah,